insurance agents from around the world. Welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, powered by Glovebox. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Mobile, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit, he is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I've ever been, Bradley. You're not going to believe what happened to me last week. Okay. Sitting at my desk, minding my I don't own. know. You've had an adventurous year. I don't know. There's much I wouldn't believe. Yep, yep. Pissed piss my pants last week. That's okay. Last week, I'm sitting at my desk, minding my own business, and I get a call from our Athens office. And I've got Jess Miller on the phone. Who's got, in Athens? Uh, Jess Miller and Harley, Harley Self, claims manager. And they called me and they said, Scott, uh, we need to tell you something. And I uh, don't know what you want to do about this, but uh, your 92-year-old great uncle, we've just gotten off a call with him. And we called him three or four days ago, uh, late pay. Remember, shutting that back door, right? Trying to keep everybody in our agency and trying to shut that back door and lock right. it. Your 92-year-old great uncle has decided he does not need insurance. <laughs> and he is going to let his homeowner's insurance cancel on his half a million dollar house. And he is letting his auto insurance cancel, which he drives his car two to three weeks to the doctor and to the grocery He's store. Just going down, flipping a middle finger. And, and we don't know what else to do. We've talked to him and, and he very ple- he's been very pleasant, very uh, kind mm-hmm. uh, in telling us to go suck it, that he doesn't need insurance <laughs> anymore because he's 92 years old. So I hang up with them. That's all you need is him to drive his Lincoln Town car through downtown Huntsville, and I guarantee you that's what everybody. he drives. I guarantee you that's what he drives. <laughs> Let's look it up. Uh, I should. I don't have my my uh, my laptop in here. I would. What's his name? I'll get him to look it up. No, no, no. don't do that. <laughs> so um, I I call my mother, and uh, they said, "Well, it's going to cancel tonight at midnight." We've done all we can do, and we just wanted to make you aware. So I text my mother and call her. She didn't answer, called me right back. And, she, of course, she's just up in arms. She's like, you know, uh, I really can't do anything with him, but his kids, I'm, I'm going to Facebook message all his kids and let them know what's happening. So days go by, his insurance cancels. So apparently, as of yesterday, somebody somewhere has talked my great uncle into getting auto insurance again, and I doubt it's through us, but it's probably somewhere over around that Florence, Alabama area. Somebody that insures Lincoln Town cars. I mean, you you know, there's this thing when your parents start getting older, they start reverting back to childhood. And I think he's kind of at 92 years old, you said it best, kind of giving everybody the damn middle finger about, (laughs) you know what? I'm about to be dead anyway. Screw y'all and your damn money for your insurance. There was a meme I saw that said, uh, imagine fighting in World War II, killing 20 people, absolute badass, smokes Marlboros with no filters. Right. Only for your first grandchild to call you Peepaw, and that's your name for the rest of your life. (laughs) I love that. Well, yeah, that was a very interesting situation that I I know my fa- my extended family on my mother's side based on what she told me were all kind of like 
well, what do we do? Uh, how do we get him to do this? Somebody yeah. probably bought it for him. Probably, probably so. Yeah, very interesting. Or said, got it all set up and said, hey, give me your – there may be a family member on that bank account if maybe. he's 92 years old. Maybe. I have no idea. Guys, we've got a very special guest today. I want to go ahead and bring him on. I've got a lot of questions for him. I have heard his name kind of batted around in the industry, but he and I have never met before we got on this podcast today. And it's odd meeting each other over Zoom like this, but it does feel like you're sitting in the room with us. So (laughs) without further ado, he was born and raised in Henry, Virginia, and he currently resides in Rocky Mountain, Virginia. He is married to the beautiful Tara, and they have two beautiful babies, Greg, 28, and Julia, 21. Greg and Julia, let me tell you something about your daddy. You ought to be very proud of your daddy. He's been very successful in the game of life. I'm proud of him, and I know the two of you are old enough today that hopefully you'll jump on here and listen to this podcast. And when you get through listening to it, I know you're going to be very proud of your daddy. So what I want you to do for Scott is when you get through listening to this, call him, text him, or – Go by his house and tell him how much you love him because I know that would mean a lot to me. But uh, he attended Ferrum College, and he's a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks. Brother, you talking to the right man talk about that. He's been in the industry for quite some time now. He's been a two-time presenter at Innovation and IOA's very first member. May have been, I'm going to say he was, the youngest scratch agent owner appointed by Erie Insurance at 24 years old. That's quite an accomplishment right there. Went on to work for State Farm sometime around 1997 as an office staff member and was later hired by State Farm directly. We've got that in common and chose to start a scratch independent agency on 1-1 of 2000 rather than go to the State Farm agency route. Good move on your part. He founded Holly Insurance in 2000 in an effort to serve our community by offering a competitive price, superior protection, and excellent service. He is a certified insurance counselor, earning the designation in 2011. Growing his business and building a fantastic team has been very rewarding. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP, Mr. Steve Holly. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. This is uh, this it's quite an honor just to be here talking to you guys. Well, I've got so many questions for you. I know Bradley had you on, you know, wanted to have you on to talk about the intranet. Uh, that's something Chris Paradiso is very passionate about. If you ever go to one of his masterminds or you talk to Chris for very long, he says, "Hey, first thing you need to do is go build you an intranet for your team." Uh, for your agency, which is basically an internal internet for your agency. Before we talk about that, though, Steve, me and you got bigger fish to fry. All right. I need you to get in my DeLorean. Now, that's two big old boys in a DeLorean. And go back in time and talk to our audience about how you got into insurance business and then just kind of bring us up to today. Well, you know, it's funny. It was kind of by accident. You know, I told you I attended college. I didn't uh, I didn't earn my degree from from Farum, but I, I'm proud to have attended. And then I got my degree from the School of Hard Knocks. So, there you, go. you know, I was married young. My wife and I uh, starting our family and, and decided I needed to start making a living. And I uh, had a friend who was an uh, insurance agent. He was doing life and health stuff, mostly in the senior market. It's always how it yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. Then he invited me in on that. 
I got into it. I liked it. Didn't hardly make any money. You know, when you first start out in that, it, it's really difficult to make money uh, initially. But I really learned how to work the business and, and realized that I, I liked it. Took a couple stepping stones from there, ended up working for a State Farm agent. And, you know, as much as I love being an independent agent, I am thankful for that experience with State Farm. It was a really good place to start, a really good place to train. You, you know, you kind of learn the business and, and uh, that sort of thing from there. And then had the opportunity, State Farm had an agent that had, quote unquote, retired rather quickly. And uh, they needed somebody that was able to, to run that office while they put somebody in there. And uh, so they hired me on to do that, offered me the agency path. You know, I'm, I still live in the same community that I have my entire life. Love it here. Was glad to be here. My wife and I just recently built a house at the time. And I said, yeah, I'm not moving uh, somewhere else to be a state farm agent. I've got other opportunities. And back then they were, they heavily pushed that for you to go somewhere else. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Start over from scratch, yeah. Yeah, I would have been two years just in in training with them before they would then tell me where I was going to go. Mm. And um, you know, when you're 23, 24 years old, it, you're kind of blessed that you don't know what you don't know. And uh, so, you know, it was like, well, no, nah, I can do this thing myself. I don't need you know State right. Farm or anybody else to tell me how to do it. And uh, Fortunately, uh, you know, looked at several good carriers, uh, came on, started my agency scratch with Erie uh, and Progressive and, you know, two or three other carriers. And, you know, it was right at Y2K. And I remember they sent me a packet. It was your Y2K, you know, kit for when all mm. of your, 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 you know, computers crashed and all that. And here's what you do for your policyholders and whatever. And I was like, well, I don't have any, so I don't have to worry about that. But I've got this <laughs> kit. Uh, so it was me, a chair and a desk. And, uh, you know, we started it from there and, and have been blessed to grow it to where we are now. And right now, just so all you people out there listening kind of know that he's just like you are. I asked Steve before we got on this podcast, I said, Steve, let's talk about your book mix. And they do a lot of preferred home and auto, a lot of that kind of stuff. What I call Scott Howell clients. Uh, same stuff we do in our agency. And then they do a lot of small and you, you jokingly said medium commercial I love co commercial risk. So I believe you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that mix is what 70, 30, uh, 80, 20 mix. We're uh, about 75, 25. We're, we're yeah. heavy personal line, 75 and, and about 25 on commercial. Right. How many employees you got? Uh, I believe we're at 10 total right okay. now. That's about, yeah. you're about the same size we are then. Yeah. So tell me what challenges that you're seeing today, uh, year of our Lord, December, 2022, compared to what you saw pre-COVID in, in 2018 and 19. Like what are, what are we looking at in terms of challenges and opportunities that your agency has right now? Well, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's funny that they're both the same for us, you know, with the hard market. Yeah if we play it well and we retain our clients and we, we do well by our clients and, and all that kind of stuff, we've got the opportunity to, to really grow pretty quickly, you know, at a much higher pace than we well, normally would. See, I think a hard market benefits an independent agent. Yeah, I would agree. I think that. it hurts the direct writers and the captive companies because if they only have one option, 
and you're going into hard market and your reinsurers are sure. going up on your rates and that sort of thing. Choices are a good thing, the, folks. The advantage in that case is to the independent agent. Correct. And I feel like we need to, as a group, collectively stop fighting over which management system we should use in IEOA or Insurance Soup and worry about how we be there for our clients. Let me explain something to everybody on this podcast. If all 58,000 of y'all that listen to us every week, if all 58,000 of y'all would just send me a hundred bucks. Yeah, okay? there you go. hundred dollars. Or a dollar. What is that? Group me, group fund me. What is that thing called with people that need life insurance? Because me, mom, and papa all died and they ain't got no life insurance. And they get it. What's that thing where you can. I don't know what you're talking about. The thing. Go fund me. Go fund me. me. That's what it is. Y'all all go fund me a hundred dollars and I, I'm going to get Bradley Flowers. And our videography team to come up with the greatest commercial that's ever been done. And obviously something none of these PIA and Big Eye and IOA and none of these other some bitches are going to do. So Scott will just have to do it his damn self. I'm going to come up with a commercial that just centered around choices are a good thing. Choices. And I'm going to say that 400 times. You're going to run it on the Super choices, Bowl. I'm going to run it on every social media campaign I can find. We'll see 58,000 times 100 would Talk- be. Can you imagine that'd be five point eight million? So you could buy a Super Bowl commercial for that. Well, all I'm going to do is I'm going to run an ad. We're in a hard market. Your insurance has gone up. Choices are a good thing. Go see your local independent agent. The end. Exactly right. what uh, the big eye and trusted choice should be doing. Um, <laughs> exactly I, what I, I just, said. Yeah. I just say that. So yeah, I mean, I think we could just have you with a cowboy hat on. Oh, God, now i got to put my cowboy hat on. I saw you were struggling earlier because the headphones don't work with it. We should invent a cowboy hat that lets you wear studio headphones with it. Yeah, but (laughs) have a hole right there for them to go down in. I should do that. This wasn't a stencil. Dude, that would be. I'd take my pocket knife. I'd cut out both sides of that right there so I'd stick my headphones down in there. You would make it on the Shark Tank, I feel like. uh, So – Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all choices are a good thing. Steve just said it better than I've heard anybody say it. We're in a hard market. People are paying a lot for insurance right now. They're going to be paying more because if you heard our podcast last week, Scott went ahead and, and yanked the curtain back for you to tell you what's about to happen in 2023. And so everybody's going to be jostled. Love that word. Everybody's going to be jostled. Everybody's going to be shopping, not just your clients, but everybody else's as well. Steve, here's what the question I had for you that I find wildly interesting. Have you had any local independent agents around your area of, let's say, 60 miles that have sold during this huge mergers and acquisitions phase that we've been in? That you feel like will be a spot where you can pick up a bunch of business too, because now either they're not there anymore or it's changed hands and it's just not what it used to be. You are right on time with that question. Uh, we, <laughs> we have one, uh, we have three locations. One of our locations about a mile away is uh-huh. another independent agent. Tell me more. Tell me uh, more. Sold to <laughs> one of these outfits. Our lead carrier is uh, Erie insurance and Erie does not play in that realm. So they yep. did not go along with the deal and, uh, you know, I, I personally like that agent. I don't want to see anything, you know, ba- I hope it works well for him and, and all that kind of stuff. But some of these people are just loyal to that carrier right. and our phones ringing off the hook, you know, with mm-hmm. some of those folks, you know, wanting to, to come to us and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, yes, I mean, that exact thing is happening this week and today in my office. Here's, so 
do they have the capacity since old boy decided to sell? Can they just load up those files and bring them, send them over to your agency? No, he a owns, mile away. Yeah, he owns his book, so I, you know we wouldn't. You know, I, I'm sure they wouldn't share any of that kind of stuff. I, I'm almost positive our contract restricts them from being able to do that. But sort of naturally, somebody that's been with whatever carrier, you know, it is, if they've been with them for 10, 15 years, maybe they've had positive experience and that sort of thing. They want that choice as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it's not one that when you talk what about they, these big deals, they won't go with it. What do they do in that case? What happens is, does he sell everything but the Erie book? And then he has to still run, like, how does that, or do they pull the contract? What's the... Yeah, they pull the contract and then uh, you have to book roll those. Just mm-hmm. to another Erie agent. Well, no, to another. They he He's would want to preserve it with one carrier. of his one of his other carriers. Oh, uh-huh. gotcha. which quite honestly, you know, we talking about these opportunities. A lot of times with a book roll, carriers will give you extra, you know, commission dollars and that sort of thing for doing it. So it it's also an opportunity for him in this case because you know he might be able to make more commission dollars yeah. rolling it somewhere else. But but it makes more sense to me, and I think it's going to make more sense to Bradley. For that agent to just carve out that Erie book and then come to you and say, hey, look, a lot of these people have been with Erie for a long time. I don't want to upset the apple cart. This agent, whoever they sold to is going to buy the rest of this. Would you like here on a silver platter? Would you like to buy this Erie book for X, whatever it is? And I know you've got the Erie. Does that not make more sense? You know, it would to me if I were the the firm buying that book that's what that's where the problem that, is. that's really on them you know if he's if he's yeah. the one exiting which i think he's still staying with with the business so it may not be yeah. the case but particularly in a spot let's take that one out of play but one that that you know somebody's exiting it's on the firm that's acquiring them to to mm-hmm. kind of look at that thing and it's not a secret that certain carriers don't go along with these deals you know it's not not everybody will appoint you know just any any purchasing entity so you know, it's kind of on them to, to make sure they've done their homework and they probably have, and they might've figured, Hey, we can roll this to, mm-hmm. you know, somebody mm-hmm. else and, and get a higher commission percentage. And even if we lose a certain percentage of the book, we're okay with that. Well, and where you run into a problem with that is with the purchasing firm because, and also with you. So, and you may not run into it with Erie because I bet you Erie's a carrier that if you have one policy with Erie, you have everything with Erie. Most of the but, time. I ran into this. There was an agency I was talking to that half of their business was with an aggregator that does not play nice and I think is the opposite of trying to benefit the independent agent. If you want to know who it is, just call me. And half of their business was direct. Mm -hmm. And I tried to buy the whole business, didn't work out. And so I said, okay, well, I just want your progressive book and your, I can't remember what the other carrier, there was two books I Mm -hmm. wanted. One was progressive and, um, they said, "Well, that's fine," but then what? Who's they? Up, what, the progressive said no, this. No, the agent. What okay. we ended up finding out is a lot of those customers cross-pollinated. They may have a progressive auto, but a home with openly, mm-hmm. and that was what you see. What I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you run into it, and then also I can't guarantee that if I buy the progressive book, and then a PE firm buys the rest of it, right. I can't guarantee that they don't have the contact information for the book I just bought. You know what I'm saying? So that's where when you carve out books like that, it gets kind of tricky. Now it's easier in areas like Ohio and Kentucky where everybody bundles, but like where I'm at down here on the coast, man, I mean, 
If I have a customer that has three policies with me, it's three different carriers. Right. And you get into right. a lot of cross-pollinating there. But and, and here's a, a piece of advice, I think, and I would love to get both of you guys' thoughts on this, but I think when you do a merger acquisition, when you buy someone, right, or when you sell to someone. I wouldn't know what any of this is like, the, but go ahead. The worst thing that you can do is send a letter out to all the customers and say, hey, we just sold or, hey, we just bought this company. Right. Because what that Jostle, does, jostles. It, it jostles them. It raises it. Whereas if they think business as usual, it gives you breathe. I mean, I, I'm not saying you should deceive anyone. Eventually, they should find out that right. the agency they're with was purchased. Sure. But I think it jostles people and prompts them to shop mm -hmm. when if you just slowly, silently took over, it prevents any of that from happening. It's business as usual. I had a buddy who was a CPA that bought another CPA firm. And he said the people that were the customers for the firm that he bought did not know that I bought them until they walked in the room to sit down to do their taxes with me. That's when they found out. Some, so uh -huh. they were too far committed. Right. You know what I mean? What right. are y'all's thoughts on that? I have just hired and given over a $400,000 book of business to a new agent in my office, personal lines. And I told, I gave her the same message i give to all of my agents she's been doing it for only 16 years so if she does it two more years she might know what she's doing but uh she's going to be our personal lines agency manager for our huntsville office so there's just tremendous opportunity there and i said listen this is your show you can do it any way you want to do it i'm not going to run your business okay mm -hmm. but if i were you and I just handed you on a silver platter a $400,000 book of business, which I know is not much, but it's a start, right? I would pick up the phone and I would call these people with some little word track that said something to the effect of great news and better news. Great news is your previous agent still with iProtect, so you can talk to him anytime you want to. Better news, I'm now your agent. And I just want to call and let you know that. I'm not calling about Raid or talk to you. I just want to introduce myself and... And I think there's situations that it's called for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I bought a book of business. So here in, in Alabama, farmers agents can get direct appointments. Right. I bought the independent book of a farmer's agent a few years ago. Well, I knew that farmers was going to be reaching out to some of those people right. just like I was going to be reaching out to them. So in that case, we sent a, I think there's situations, mm -hmm. but, yeah, but, but, but to your point, I specifically told her and Justin Miller in my office, I said, don't, don't send out any bullshit letters yeah, yeah. or any of that bullshit if you're going to do this do it the right way pick five or six customers 10 customers a week mm -hmm. call them love them up get to know them build a relationship with them over the phone mm -hmm. but don't be sending and out some mass letter that Dan daniel agent? daniel it was it was justin miller okay you know? so he, the way i would position is say hey i'm i'm sunny and i work alongside justin here at i protect right just and then get, and then immediately yeah, get to right. it, and, and yeah. they might assume that that's Justin's assistant or something, right? You know what I mean. And, and then we've, over we've time, done it, it slowly. I was going to say we've done it a couple of different, a couple of times because we bought a couple of books of business, and uh, one of the things I bought one in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, which is sort of the that's when you go to the city, that's that's Roanoke around here, yeah. and you know the agency had Roanoke in the name and all that, and I was like, all right, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that identity. We're gonna keep running that and and doing it that way. And I think people, you know, slowly knew that you know the same owner was not the owner now and that sort of thing. 
but it was a terrible headache trying to keep up. You've got to then double everything that you're keeping up with all of your marketing, all of your online presence, all of your, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, we ended up doing basically we went through agency performance partners and did a brand guide and, you know, all that kind of stuff and ended up merging everything together. So Mm -hmm. then a few years later, I bought another book of business. And in that case, we did everything we could to just go ahead and do it up front and do it mm-hmm. while the owner was the former owner was still with us to let everybody know, look, this person has blessed them because, you know, people don't or has blessed the deal because people don't know what we do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when they see somebody has moved out, they think something scandalous has happened or, or their rates going to go up. Yeah. Or something bad has happened. So I want that other owner. And I think it's one of the things that the private equity people do better than us is that, you know, they're retaining a lot of these agency owners mm-hmm. and keeping them, you know, keep doing something to keep them satisfied and keep them in the game. But yeah. I think it's important that the that the clientele know, no, this is a good thing for me. It's also going to be a good thing for you. You know, pictures of new people mm-hmm. with the old people mixing to get, you know, all that kind of stuff, I think is just a, a better, at least that's how we've done it. It was better for us doing it that way. But, you know, it's just like, everything else in this business there there's so many different ways to to do it and do it well so it's it's whichever way is best for you so steve of those two ways you just described if i heard you correctly the second way where y'all went ahead and ripped the band-aid off so to speak seems like it must have worked a little better than the the first way it it did for us um you know because you're going to have a certain amount of retention loss you've got a handful of people that are and you know we reached out to all the key accounts first you know the larger accounts the you know those kinds of things that we had already met with them before we started doing all of this and and i Mm -hmm. think they appreciated that what you said with that four hundred thousand dollar book of business is is exactly right if you can call them you know one-on-one and talk to each one but now take that to a $4 million book. That's a, that's a different that's deal. Different so it's, different story. It, it's kind of hard to be able to do that. Well, I guess my next question for you is, and this is something, are we doing a podcast together tomorrow? Just me and you? I don't know. Cause I, I got something I really want to get off my heart and talk about. We and, definitely aren't then. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember. I'll have to look. What Steve, I want to, I, I got to know something and then we're going to get to what Bradley won't talk about today. Cause it is important. Um, but it's on my heart right now and I hope people can hear my heart. Have you started agency planning yet for 2023 relative to agency planning as a, as a, you know, the agency itself goals and those types of things. And then breaking that down related to goals and planning for each producer and account manager for the 2023 year. Because the reason I ask is I know after Thanksgiving is when a lot of people kind of get, get in that mode. Yeah, we've done it. I actually had a day last week with uh, our managing director, you know, with the agency, she's sort of our ops person, Alice. And and we spent an entire day last week. Uh, we did, you know, SWOT analysis. We did, mm-hmm. you know, every other type of thing that you could think of, look where we started, where we ended up the year, you know, right. goals for next year, all that kind of stuff. We intend to do a rollout for a launch day with our team with different things that we're going to do and all that. So yeah, we're, we're hot and heavy right in the middle of it right now. You've got three separate agency offices, all three, I'm going to assume, are they all three in small communities or you said one was in Roanoke, which is more of a city, right? Do you break down the marketing budget and planning 
on a per agency location level. What and the reason I ask this is I, I live in Pine Ridge, Alabama with a bunch of crackheads and crystal meth addicts, right? And Bruce Payne, one of my favorite people in the world, has one of our agencies in Priceville, Alabama, which was 30 minutes away, and it's a very it's like, small there's community. There's eight people in that town. Yeah, there's yeah, there's nobody. Right. Uh, that's a whole different marketing plan in Huntsville, Alabama. Where they're yeah. not literal rocket scientists. Every, every like, can't throw a dead cat without hitting a rocket scientist, right? Do you do that? Do you break down on a on a per agency level? Not really. Like we will on like specific campaigns. So if I've got one producer in an area that, you know, really wants to, you know, push for this or that, or I've got, uh, I've got a, a fellow that we just hired to be a producer who also happens to own a wedding venue. So, you know, he That's wants to get into some of the, there. yeah, some wedding niche stuff and all that. So he and I will talk about, all right, are there any uh, events that you want to, you know, set up at what kind of marketing budget for that sort of thing. But we don't just, you know, it, we don't really break it down and say this location gets this much money. That one gets that much. And that one gets that much. You okay. know what you're really good at? You are, you know how people say that, uh, you're talking to him or me, you, you, oh, you. Me? the, oh, the Nick Saban has the, the Nick Saban coaching rehabilitation program. Right. 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 When these other coaches aren't doing great at, at other schools, they go to work for Nick Saban. Right. You're kind of doing that with principal agents. You have the have principal agent rehabilitation, rehabilitation program. program. What what are what are you what are you doing there? In terms of how you getting them? What's the pitch? What's the you know? Oh no, it's just because you got how many yeah, principal eight former five, principal five, agents that five, work for you? Five, five. Oh wow! So uh, a lot of ego. I was telling Bradley before we got on this podcast the problem with having that many principal agents who all five could go out and start their own thing tomorrow and would probably be successful is there's a lot of ego there, right? There's a lot of, I've been doing this a long time, Scott. I don't really need you telling me what to do. There, there's, there's a lot of that. There's uh feelings. Some people are, do you struggle dealing with that? I do. I, I would, I do. I do. I struggle with it from the standpoint of I'm just trying to help you. And I getting the vibe of your, a not appreciative of that and b you're all you're taking offense to that like mm -hmm. scott's trying you know he's he's getting on my ass well I'm, i promise you i'm not getting on your ass i'm just telling you if you're going to be successful and you want to be more successful than you already are because that's that's the other part of this is a lot of them are successful and mm -hmm. they do write a lot of insurance and and it, it's this balancing act of me coming to them hat in hand and sometimes i i am such a bull in a china shop uh, Jess Miller got mad at me the other day, uh, had to apologize to her because I sent something out. Now there were only three people with well, three or four people on this email, but it was, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. I think we could maybe do a little bit more training in this area. Well, she got upset that I didn't send that just to her, mm. that, that, you know, her words, not mine. I felt like it was disrespectful to call me out in front of other team members like that, even though one of them was her husband. Mm -hmm. And two of them, you know, the other two probably didn't care, but that's an area where I probably need to improve is making sure if I'm going to go to them, even with, Hey, let's try it this way, or let's do it this way. Or why aren't we doing it that way? Doing it in more of a one-on-one uh, -on -one type setting rather than that's one thing they don't like is when you call them out in front of a bunch of people, like Nobody a staff meeting. That. Yeah. So I, I need to do a better job of that, but I would say, uh, 
No, just the way things shook out, uh, we got what we got, and they all do a great job for us. But there is not one person I have ever interviewed on this podcast, Bradley Flowers, that can't improve and get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. David David Crothers has got areas he could improve on and get better. Chris Paradiso has got areas he can improve. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I tell people all the time is I know when you meet all these big thought leaders and everything, nobody in the insurance industry knows everything. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that was that was the the value add. That was the thing we kept hearing over and over from agents when we started the show was you guys don't act like you know everything. And I like that. <laughs> you know, I, I prove that on a weekly basis. Yeah. Steve, I, I'm going to ask you this question. I know we don't have a lot of time on this podcast. I've got two questions for you. What area of the PNC world, home and auto insurance, which is kind of your focus there? What are y'all the best at? What do you feel like y'all do a really good job at? Really, I think it's down to defining our uh, who our client is. I think that's one of the differences between us and you know the standard. You know, we are a lot of people don't want to be you know called a generalist agency or whatever, but that's that's pretty much what we are. We're your bread and butter guy, but we know who our people are. You know, our people are um, generally preferred market insurance. Uh, we get to know sort of what's important to them. The community around here is usually important to them. So we, we try to support, you know, those sorts of things and and be available when we're there. And when somebody tells us that they're not one of our people, we believe them Mm -hmm. and we still try to help them, but we'll help them find, you know, the agent down the street. Absolutely. Uh, it, it has helped kind of streamline our our service, uh, you know, to where, you know, we're not doing some of the things that, you know, typical. For instance, we don't take payments in our office Well, our typical clientele. That's not that important to they want us to be there when they have a claim. Mm-hmm. They right. want to be able to talk to us. They want to know that we're reviewing their policies every year, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So I think really defining our client and and who we work best for and not feeling like we are, uh, you know, Geico or somebody that wants to insure every everybody, you know, walking down the street. What role does and 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 you're you're a big proponent of the the agency intranet, right? Yes. Yes. What you know, you and I first met. You actually helped me start mine, which we still use to this day. We call it the Portal Playbook. We it's still on Google Sites, uh, right? Which you, you, there you, you go. The, you're the first person that showed me that. Um, and you think agency intranet, you think expensive. Well, if you're on G Suite, Google Sites is free. Right. Uh, we actually have a Slack channel that's called Playbook Improvements. I saw it ping on my phone a second ago. When somebody thinks of something we could either improve in there or add to it, they put post in that channel. What role does your intranet play in finding your target client as well as just the agency in general? Well, probably the easiest thing is to just, you know, be able to say, you know, your sales process is in there, your marketing processes are in there. So when, you know, when we're going out looking for a commercial account, and of course there's, you know, dozens of ways that you run into them, but we at least do have a path for you to start on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when things go this way and that, and it kind of makes sure that that's, you know, who we're going after for commercial. And then our sales process for, you know, how we do the, the personal line stuff is already in there too. But I mean, we've even got a, We've got a spot in there called Hollyisms now where, you know, mm. it's just <laughs> sayings that you'll hear around the office and things, uh, you know, that that we say that people hear. And just like I told you, when, you know, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them, that's a, that's in there and the Hollyisms and, you know, different things like that, that everybody can see. It's not hidden. We want everybody that's with us to know exactly who we are. Here's what I can't figure out. And I know people are going to think I'm an idiot because I can't figure this out. When you open up a new tab in Google Chrome, it takes you to Google. I want it to go to the portal playbook. How do I do that? Oh, 
That's do y'all do that question. in your agency? We no. don't, but I do no. like that. That's, well, that's, that's the, really a great question. Big companies that have their own intranet, right. that's usually what happens. You go to the internet and it takes you to that page. Right. And then you have to navigate to Google from there. If you guys are listening to this and y'all know how to do that, reach out to me. I use Google Chrome on Mac. Come on now. Steve, thank you so much for being here today. We're up against a hard, hard stop here, but I just want you to know something. Uh, more important, I want your kids to know something. I don't know how proud they are of you, but I can tell you I'm proud of you and what you've built over there. I know I know what you've done. Well, I sure appreciate that. And I know how much hard work has been involved in it. Well, uh, that's true, but I, I'll tell you what, more proud of them, of my kids, than I am even of that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the thought. You know what I tell people all the time? If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Yep. That's exactly right. <laughs> Guys, you were listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and as I end every episode, go buy tickets to the One City World Tour. Mm. Uh, my wife's pregnant be... with twins. Uh, Bradley building a new house. Wait, what? Uh, Steve. Is your wife really pregnant Steve, with twins? Steve's got three or four things he needs to go buy for his office. Y'all go buy and help us out. Go buy some yeah, I've already got my him. tickets, too. I'm, I'm really looking it, forward to that one. That'll be a couple weeks away by the time this airs. So if you're going to buy them, you need to buy them now. Can I give y'all some inside baseball real quick? Secret time. I'm working up this plan uh, because I think I get a one-hour presentation while I'm there called Reverse Engineering the Jostled Client. And here's what Mm. I'm going to do. I'm going to throw up on the board the five or six reasons people leave your agency. But that's not what this is about. What this is about is reverse engineering those five or six things to, to teach agents that are there. Here's how we're going to stop that. Because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's about five or six different times somebody leaves your agency. And it's very easy to write those, that part of it down. The hard part is what are we going to do to stop that? Mm-hmm. If y'all want to hear that, come to the one city world tour. I'd love to have a, uh, adult beverage with you and go to dinner and us fellowship. I'm going to do a much better job this year. I am going to God willing in the Creek don't rise. I swear to God, Bradley, hold me to this accountability. I'm going to meet and I'm going to talk and I'm going to spend time with every single person there. And we're going to get to know each other on a one-on-one. I swear to God, I'm going to do that. If I have to stay there five freaking days afterwards, I'm going to do it. There so you go. all right, Steve, thank you, brother. Thank Rewards you guys. come from action, guys. Go out today. Make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents that are struggling. Go make money for them. Figure out what your why is and do what Steve's done and create create a great agency out there. Write good business for the agencies that you represent and write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, brother. Thanks, Steve. Thank y'all. Appreciate you guys. You are listening to the insurance guys podcast and we love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of our family and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the insurance guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at the insurance guy online.com or email me at Scott at iprotectinsurance.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to portalinsurance.com or email him at bradley at portalinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. We thank you so much for listening to our show and being a part of our family. And we look forward to seeing you again next week on the next episode of the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care.